Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. Let's be honest. Have you ever felt like you aren't being seen as the number one top go-to thought leader in your industry? Today, I'm chatting with Steph Weber of The Weber Co. about how to position your brand as an authority. So grab your cocktail and let's dive in. Steph, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking today? Well, I'm drinking water. However, after this, I'm going to drink wine. And I'm a, I'm a big cab person, so I love the J-Lore cab. So that's what I will be drinking. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I don't know what J-Lore is, but I actually... Opt- Cab is my favorite wine to drink, so I'm I'm sure that's amazing also. Yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Well, I'm super excited to be doing this podcast today. Can you give listeners a little background about who you are, what you do, and who you serve? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Steph Weber. I'm the CEO of The Weber Co. We really work to empower entrepreneurs to build an authority brand in their industry. And that simply means that we work with entrepreneurs who want to be known as thought leaders in their space. We want we work with entrepreneurs who want to use humanness in their brand and prioritize human connection through their marketing efforts, through their strategies that they're using in their business as a whole um, to position themselves as authorities in their space. So what does it mean to be an authority brand? Okay, this is a great question and one that one that I've been asked a lot since we've kind of shifted our messaging. But for us, Being an authority brand really means that you stand behind your brand beliefs. It means that you have, it means that you have a backbone in business. In other words, right? I feel like we live in this very interesting online space where it's very easy to get caught up in copy and paste messaging and what's working for other people. Um, And it's really important to make sure that as you are embodying an authority brand, you have something, one that you can stand behind, whether that's your brand brand, Words are hard sometimes. Um, your brand beliefs, your core values as a whole, um, just your belief systems in general, your offer promise, the brand promise that you have for your audience, um, but making sure that you are upholding that. But it also means embodying authority in your life. Um, when my team and I were having a conversation about, you know, as we were developing this messaging and what this looked like for us. One of my team members said, Steph, you're an authority figure in your life. And I feel like that's also who you speak to and who you attract and what you're really putting out there because you like take a stand for just like the things that you do as a wife and as a mom. And that's just who you are. And you don't take, you don't take crap from anybody. And I was like, wow, that's like, that's really true. Um, So I think it's really taking a look at who you are at your being and allowing that to shine through your brand as well. So would you say that everybody has the authority in them. It's just a matter of the strategy to tap into it. hundred mm-hmm. percent. It absolutely is. And I think too, recognizing and understanding what your unique authority is, um, because I think again, for so long, I mean, you look at the various different societal structures that we have and how, how we've been conditioned in various different ways, um, or how we've been told we're too much or whatever story it's been for you and really allowing yourself to work through that and unleash that so that you can step into a place of your own authority. However, you may define that for yourself. Mm. So I'm going to go a little bit philosophical real quick. All right. I'm here for it. So if we all have this authority that's already within us, what got us to the point where we have to find it rather than it just being the baseline standard? 
Mm -hmm. Wow, this is such a good question. It's so deep, right? (laughs) It is, it is, it is super deep. It is super deep. So I'm going to use my own story as an example, if that's cool. Um, I started this business as an influencer actually under the name Trendy and Indy. So I um, have worked in the fashion industry since I was 17. And in about 2016, influencers kind of started to take the scene, um, at least within the businesses that I was at, that I was an employee with. And I was like, I can, I can talk about what I'm wearing. I can talk about fashion, beauty, travel, all of these pieces that I really love. Sure. So I started doing that. Um, and I realized very quickly that I was getting caught in comparison traps, that I was getting caught in shadows of what I thought I needed to be. And I feel like a piece of me built a brand of this idea of what I wanted or this idea, this kind of shadow, if you will, of what I wanted. And I was working with a lot of different small businesses and entrepreneurs specific to the Indianapolis area because that's where I'm from. And that was a piece of my brand that I loved and that I really hung on to and that I felt like, wow, I I feel connected to this and this feels good to me to be able to promote the small local businesses that make up our communities that make up who we are. But beyond that, because of my background in PR and advertising, when I would go into these businesses and they would say, hey, Steph, we need you to do a try on session or we want to see stories and just tag our business and promote us. I was like, "Okay, that's great. And that's marketing and that's a tactic. But tell me more about your story. Tell me more about why you started this business. Tell me more about why people should come to you. Like, I need to know more about who you are, what your heart is behind this business. Right. So I was realizing this like brand piece that was missing for these entrepreneurs. Um, And I was also realizing that they needed the marketing strategy, which is where branding and marketing go hand in hand to be able to create a really cool and explosive scalable business. But it took me probably three years and sitting at New York Fashion Week as an influencer to go, what am I actually doing? Like whose life am I really living right now? Right. And I feel like so often in our society and in our world, we get caught up in what success looks like because it's been put on us or what, you know, whatever career you're in or whatever industry you find yourself in should look like what success looks like in that space, because it's been put on us when we have to step back and define for ourselves what success means, what we're actually doing, what purpose we're working to fulfill and where we find meaning. And that's where really stepping into that authority comes from. So I had six, I mean, I built a five figure influencer business through, you know, feeling like I was walking in shadows in some capacities. But once I took that lens off and I stepped back, that's where we quantum leaped in the business as a whole. Oh my gosh. I I just love that testimony. And to go back to where you were talking about the story piece, that is the most important piece along with communication. Like stories are the things that actually sell. Those are the things that people connect with because that's the real life stuff. Like you can have all the problem awareness and the solution awareness, messaging content that you want, but at the end of the day, that's more like transactional. When you bring in the story to it, it really brings in that connection point, that humanness that a lot of the online space is missing. Mm-hmm. You're a hundred percent right, Lexi. That story piece is, <laughs> it's crucial. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for people who are now finding their authority, how do they develop that, especially in the online space? 
Mm, okay, so this is where I really lean into brand strategy. Um, in order for you to develop your messaging, in order for you to develop what you stand for, in order for you to um, be able to create something that people trust, because without trust, people are not converting, people are not buying into whatever it is that you have to offer. We live in a time right now where uh, human beings want to know that the brands that they're choosing to do business with have their back and that they can trust them. So this is where we kind of have to start with the brand strategy. And that is multifaceted and multi-layered. But when I'm asked this question, I like to give a few different key points that are important. First is going to be your foundational pieces. And that simply can be your mission, your vision, and your core values. Um, and I know that maybe that sounds basic or that sounds status quo. However, those pieces, we don't realize how often we're coming back to them and how ingrained they are within our brands as a whole. I'll give an example here. One of our core values is to celebrate through adventure. So every Friday inside of our coaching program, we do a celebration post. I pop champagne or I drink one, open a bottle of wine or whatever it may be. And we celebrate wins for the week, no matter how big or small. When we do retreats, it is it is an adventure of some kind and in many different ways, but it's typically in an adventurous space where we can be outside, where we can be um, connected to nature in some way, shape or form. And that is a core value that I have, but it's ingrained within the action that I take within the business as a whole. And it's ingrained within my daily life as who I am as a human being. So those are kind of like those, those first few pieces. The next piece that I like to share without going too, too deep into brand strategy would be how you're positioning yourself in the market. And positioning can look like a lot of different things, but essentially it's taking a look at your differentiating factors. What separates you from the rest? Do you have a unique process, a unique system, um, a product that has all natural ingredients that were sourced from Bali or whatever it may be for you, how are you positioning yourself, whether it's on the basis of customer service, it might be on the basis of um, specific things with, that have to do with your product or your offer. So maybe it's something that's a little bit more tangible, right? Um, but taking a look at what those differentiating factors are, how you're allowing yourself to stand out in the market and how you're ingraining that within your message as a whole. Um, and then kind of this last piece that we take a look at is your message and combining your mission, vision, core values, combining how you're positioning yourself. What are the words and the phrases that are associated with your brand? How do you want people to feel? We have to remember that when we're thinking about our brand, when we're thinking about our authority, we're also. So remembering that our brand is how we're perceived in the market, right? Our brand is how we're making people feel. It's the connection point. Our brand is ultimately the reason that people are saying yes to whatever it is that we have to offer. So we have to make sure that the messaging in and around that is clear, is consistent across every medium that we have a presence on. And if I were to meet you in real life, the experience that I get with you in real life should be the same experience online. So it has to be consistent across the board in a variety of different mediums. Oh my gosh. I, that was a lot, but hopefully it was helpful. Oh, a hundred percent. And I want to touch on the part where you were like, we have to be consistent on social media and in person. That's one thing that really was a slap in the face to me in the beginning when someone told me like, Lexi, you don't seem like the same person as you are on social as you are in person because on social I was holding myself back so much more and in person mm -hmm. I'm so much more opinionated I talk way more about the things that I'm passionate about but on social people are so easy to 
I feel like pitchfork you down if you have a different opinion. So I kept myself so quiet. And I mean, like I talk about cancel culture on this podcast a lot because it's something that I disagree with because of the fundamentals of um, being a human, like the trauma we've been through our lived experiences, like nobody sees the world through the same lens and that's what makes us so unique. But also that's a lot of people's trigger points is like, you don't agree with this or you see something a different way. So da 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 blah, blah, blah. But anyway, that goes to say that there i think there's kind of been a people have been like afraid to say the things that they actually mean or the things that mean something to them because of that whole culture we've had so i think it's really important that you do stay consistent between and um my little testimony to that is when i did start speaking up about the things that really lit my fire and the things that I was passionate about, regardless of whether they were controversial or not. That is the same day I lost 40 followers, but also signed three new clients. And then ever since then, it was like the floodgates opened. It's like, that's what my audience needed to hear from me. That's what they needed to see because it all aligned. And I'm sure they wow. could feel that. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. And the other thing with this too, Lexi, that I think is important for people to keep in mind, I can speak on this because it's what I've experienced in this last year. We have times where we feel like we um, make ourselves smaller and it's not something that like we do one time and then it goes away. It can happen on, on not a consistent basis, but it can happen again. Um, for example, within this last year, I had times where I felt like I was making myself smaller to be able to please people. And this is like a, a habit or a, a thing that I've dealt with for so much of my life from being a dancer since I was three. And anyway, all that being said, we're in a launch right now. I started the beginning of, of the year this year in 2022 saying I'm done with that. I am, I am standing so firmly this year and just who I am and what I'm freaking going after. And I'm tired of apologizing for it. I want more. I'm not going to be content. I'm going to go after it. And our messaging and everything we're doing is going to continue to align with that. Mm -hmm. So at each stage of business and of life, you evolve and you grow as a human being. And it's like, you know, checking in with yourself and, and kind of seeing where you're at. But we're in a launch right now. And this has been one of our biggest launches in probably four months, because I feel like I've taken off this veil again and am stepping into a next level version of myself that feels so true. So anyway, there's that. Yes. I love that. That's such a testimony. I think a lot of people get really afraid to step into their authentic self because when you are being your authentic self, I hate the word authentic. It seems yeah. so <laughs> down, but like it does. when you are being your hundred percent true self and embracing your quirks and embracing the things that make you weird and wearing that skirt that people are going to think is butt ass ugly, but you think it's freaking <laughs> cute. Like that takes a lot of courage to step out and do that. And, you know, tr like society doesn't want us to trust ourselves. So the fact that you're doing that and then you're seeing the fruits of that come out, like, that's amazing. That's the best testimony. I hope anybody who's listening to this can walk away with like the things that happen when you start embracing who you are as a person down to the whole, no matter how weird, quirky, um, controversial, opinionated, like whatever it is that makes you, you, whatever it is that makes you tick that you're passionate about, start embracing it because people are waiting for you to do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. Okay. So 
I have a question for you because you talked about the, you started as an influencer and then you went to a brand, you built this brand. So what is the difference between a personal brand and your business brand? Ooh, great question. All right. So uh, I like to say that a big piece of your personal brand gets ingrained within your business as a whole. Um, but really, I would say probably the biggest difference for me, for example, the Weber Co is not just me. I have a team. I have clients. It is very um, client-centered, team-driven. I use we language. It feels much more of a community and much more um, intentional in terms of its larger vision to serve entrepreneurs at a very high capacity in that regard. Now, when it comes to a personal brand, you can still have vision, you can still have intention there, but it may be a little bit more, for example, I have two Instagram accounts, actually. I have my Stefan Weber page and I have my Weber Co page. On my Stefan Weber page, I share more about mom life there. I share a little bit more about life in Indianapolis. So you see more of me just as a human being, being a human being and kind of showing up in that way. Not that I don't show up from that perspective on the Weber Co, but when I'm talking about being a mom on the Weber Co, I'm usually talking about it hand in hand of entrepreneurship as well. So it's also taking a look at what's relevant for your audience, right? Um, a kind of a great example of this, actually, someone I follow, maybe you know her, her name is Mandy Emerson on Instagram. Yeah. She just recently shared that on TikTok, she posted a video about living in Wisconsin and like being in Wisconsin in the Midwest. And it's like a place where she just kind of shares personal details. She's like, this TikTok went viral. And now I have thousands of Wisconsin followers that are like not my ideal avatar who don't need what I have to offer when it comes to educating on social media, reels, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great testament to just making sure that the content that you're creating and where you're defining your brand, whatever it is that you're talking about or sharing, it's, it's who you're going to attract, right? So on my Stefan Weber page, I'm more personal. I talk about mom life. I talk about Eli and what he's doing. And I talk about having a one-year-old, et cetera. Wait, but on the Weber Co. Eli? It is. Yeah, Eli. I have an Eli too. Ah, I love it. So fun. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a strong name. A strong I right? name. It is. Yes. It's so strong. Yes. I love it. Um, but yeah, so that's, so that's that at, it, at, it, at its very base. Yeah. I feel like that is something that I've struggled with also on TikTok. Um, I had a few videos, like random videos go viral and now I have like 54,000 followers and they're all there for like random things. And I was at my mastermind yep. retreat and I was like, I need to get my TikTok back because the way TikTok works, that's so much different than most social medias is you have to have like that common anchor of like a face or a certain person or a character or something. That's mm -hmm. what people will stop their scroll for on TikTok because TikTok is so much good content, so much mm -hmm. good content, but you have to have that familiarity that people build a relationship with that they will stop their scroll for. And so when people yeah. see my face, they're like, who the hell is this bitch? Like, I don't <laughs> even know who she is. They know my dad, but not me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's just a different platform. You're hundred percent right. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the next level marketing strategies that we can give entrepreneurs to take away and grow with like right now? So one of the big things that we are seeing this year, like I, like I've shared with you guys, very much prioritize branding at a human connection and a human level, but we're in a time where Technology is obviously very prevalent and so is automation. 
So how do we take automation and still make it feel personal and still make it feel like there's this level of connection? We teach an organic marketing approach. So I always like to say, um, ads, ads hold their place. I think the ads are really great, but it's also important for you to understand the organic marketing strategies that build relationships, that build trust, that build insane brand loyalty and credibility that you need in order to be able to thrive. Um, so for us, it's taking a look at a couple of different things. Number one is how can we automate in a way that still feels connected and it still feels human centered. So one of the things that we actually do um, is leverage a platform called ManyChat. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or not, Lexi, um, but it's, it's called ManyChat. And um, what's really cool about it is that, for example, you could DM us the word brand and we're going to send you a mini series, a mini course, basically, that we've created that teaches you how to speak to what we call your champagne clients, as an example. So we send you this training, but it's a bot that you're talking to. And we've named her. We've given her a persona. Her name is Lucy. Um, we talk about who she is. And then I go in and take over the conversation and I let that follower know when I've taken over the conversation. But there's an automation that they go through in order to get on our email list, in order for them to get this training, in order for them to get the invite to our next training that goes through our marketing funnel, so on and so forth. Mm, but actually calling it out instead of being like, no, 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 we don't, we're not using a bot. Yeah, this is me. Obviously, people know it's not you and they get an automated reply immediately after they've sent a message, right? Like, right. just call it out. Be transparent about it. I love and that. give it a persona. So that's one thing. The second thing is going to be how do you create an omnipresence in a way that doesn't feel overcomplicated, right? I, I talk about Gary Vee when, when I talk about this because I once watched a video of him giving, I don't know if it was a TED Talk or what he was doing, but he was like, you know, it's important for you to be all the places and have a presence on all these different platforms. And I'm like, Gary Vee, that's so cool when you have a video team that can follow you around, but not all of us have, have that luxury. Yeah, right. So how do we create an omnipresence in a way that's simple, that makes sense, and that still feels doable if, we have, if we're solopreneurs or if we have small teams? So it's about taking a look at where your avatar is hanging out and how are you leading from each next step of your marketing and sales funnel to ultimately lead to a conversion on these various different platforms. So for example, I don't use YouTube. It's not a place that I actually watch content. I don't have it as part of my marketing strategy. It wouldn't make sense for me right now. So instead, we leverage Instagram. We leverage a Facebook group. And ultimately, it's leading to our email list to lead to our application page to lead to our program. So we're creating an omnipresence in the way that we have a presence in multiple different spaces. But it's not complicated. It's super simple. It's to the point and it works. I love that. Oh my gosh. That, I mean, that you just broke down the whole funnel so seamlessly. I mean, I think everybody could, can follow that. I think that's where it's really hard for entrepreneurs, like, especially in the beginning, there's so many things you have to learn so many technical terms, the funnel, they're like, Oh my God, what's a funnel. But what you said right there, that is literally the key to, I don't want to say success because everybody's version of success is different, but that's the foundational aspect of your business. What is the purpose of your platform? Where's it going? If we're just like, Oh, I'm going to get on YouTube because, um, I saw somebody did a while ago and they made a lot of money from it. Like, yeah, they made a lot of money, but what was the, they have a purpose for their platform. Like if you're just getting on and throwing spaghetti at the wall, being like, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's just try it and see what happens. Like, great. You're going to do some trial and error and learn some things. But if you're just putting out content 
that's not strategic and just word vomiting your thoughts out there, you're going to attract a certain kind of person, but then what are you going to do with them? You have, you have mm-hmm. no place for them to go, no place for them to say, Hey, Steph, I want to take that next level with you, but mm-hmm. they need that seamless process. And I think that you have dialed that out so beautifully and dig- it's very digestible. What did you say that was called mini chat? Yeah, it's called mini chat. So M-A-N-Y-C-H-A-T, mini chats, just it's an easy go-to. And it, and what's cool about it too, is that you, I mean, there's so much that you can do with this platform, but just from like that keyword perspective of just, it's, it's simple, right? DM me the word brand and I'm going to send you this mini training that I've created so that you can speak more effectively to your champagne clients. Those like, hell yes, clients. Okay, great. Like, why would you not DM me the word brand? That's so easy, right? And then mm-hmm. sure, you get a message from Lucy first, but then I take over. And that's the thing, right? Like, we have to remember who it is that we're speaking to. And at some point, tying back in that human connection of like, oh, right, okay, there is an actual human being behind this brand, right? And I think that that's so important. And keep in mind, too, you know, obviously, depending on the scale of your brand, you're not going to get the CEO of every company necessarily in your DMs. But think about how important and special it feels when you do have a voice memo from someone or you do have that like real human connection there for a minute. It's it's a very cool moment. So we can't lose that in our marketing strategies as much as we want to automate everything. Like, sure, of course, that's great. But the reality is we also don't live in that world, especially dependent upon what your product is. If you're selling a $15,000, $20,000 coaching program or whatever it may be, at some level, people want human interaction <laughs> in their decision to buy. Yeah, so true. So my last question for you is what are some things that we can do as business owners, as marketers, as whatever you may be doing? What are some ways we can tie in more human elements to our automations? I know you said doing the voice memo. Um, I, I recognize like when you're talking to me, you, you say my name and you use that a lot, which I love, but what are some other things too, that we can do to really tie in that human element and feel like, wow, we're heard. And I, I freaking love this person. Ah, this is a great question. Um, so something that I want to call out, well, we'll speak to actually this kind of a recent experience. Um, like I shared a few minutes ago, we have been in launch this week. This launch structure has looked much different for us than any past launch. And we decided to host this launch actually on Zoom. So we've hosted a week-long workshop that's been on Zoom all week long. So we've actually had conversations and I've been able to see everyone else inside of our Zoom meeting and say, hey, Caitlin, can you share? Hey, Caitlin, come on live to ask your question. So we have those moments of actual connection instead of being inside of a Facebook group or on a live where people are kind of like, hiding behind their screens when they're asking questions or dropping comments or whatever it may be, and actually creating that community space. And whether you're doing that in a virtual setting or in an in-person setting, gosh, I know 2020 like rocked our world when it came to in-person things, but I feel like we're at a place where people are like, I need that again. Mm -hmm. And if you can incorporate that into your brand, if it makes sense for your marketing, doing in-person events in some capacity is huge. Oh yeah, please, please do it. Like connect with your local community. I know it seems like it's outdated, but it's really not. Like those are your hottest leads because everybody knows a friend of a friend of a friend who knows you in your local community, which makes you even a stronger candidate just from the beginning to work with. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I went to a small 
like backyard get together last summer. And there were, I think eight or 10 of us there, uh, five of them became clients. And I'm like, that. this is the power of being, of being with people, right? So that piece is really important in your marketing as a whole. You asked specifically though, Lexi, about automation. Um, when it comes to the pieces of your business that you're automating, anytime that you can incorporate first names, for example, if you're collecting email addresses, collect not only email addresses, but first names, last names, and Instagram handles as well. It mm -hmm. goes far above and beyond just sending out a blast email to everyone without including the first name field um, or without having like an Instagram handle where you can go back to some of your warm and hot leads. And if you don't have that database, that's a whole nother problem we could talk about, right? Um, but even just saying, hey, I sent out an email today that I think will be really relevant to you. That level of taking the automation and then tying in the human connection, it's huge. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I think a lot of, um, like techie stuff, like even text marketing, uh, email marketing, just any of these like digital platforms that we communicate on. I think that some companies have given them a bad name by being spammy with them. So mm -hmm. I think that the more we can tie in that human element of like, no, it's actually me. Or like you said earlier, being transparent about Lucy, your bot, being mm -hmm. very transparent about what each part of the process is, that is just game changing in your business. Game changing. Yeah, it absolutely is. We can't pretend that we're not automating things. We all, we all need help in various different areas. So call it out, be transparent about it. And that's, that's totally cool too. Yeah. And if people are like, oh, I don't want to work with you because you have a bot, then those are not your ideal clients anyway. <laughs> Your champagne signs. Yes, you are <laughs> correct about that. Well, I just had so much fun in this conversation. How can people find you and where can they work with you? Yeah, so I would love for you to be able to connect with us on Instagram at the Weber Co. That is the best space. It's where we hang out probably the most. Um, and you can DM us the word brand and gain access to this mini training, which actually leads you um, to learn more about our various different coaching programs and offers that we have available to entrepreneurs to help you build an authority brand to help you have marketing strategies that work for you that allow for those conversions in your business and prioritize that human connection. That's so important. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I cannot wait to hear what you all think about this episode. Thank you so much for joining us in the lounge. Don't forget to subscribe, leave some love in the reviews and connect with the both of us on social media. Don't miss next week where I'm chatting with Alexis about manifestation, ulcerative colitis and healthy living. You know what I mean? Also, don't forget to join the Editor Society, my monthly membership for the multi-passionate entrepreneur. We will see you next week.